Consumed, a Nerd Out podcast. These are the weekly episodes of the variety podcast, Nerd Out Consumed. Our continuing mission to discuss what we have watched recently, or maybe it's lately. To boldly podcast like nobody has podcasted before. Welcome to episode 28 of Nerd Out Consumed. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Welcome, guys. Episode 28. My name is Reese, and with me is Sandro. That was a fantastic intro. That's probably the best one we've ever done. Good work. That's what happens when I put some effort into it instead of making it up on the spot. You thought about it like five minutes before we started recording. Yeah, well, look, we chatted for 10, so it was 15 minutes before we started recording, but it was five before you called. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, that was a good one. And speaking of good ones, uh, this is a big, uh, a fun episode. More Star Trek. Yeah, more Star Trek and a very good episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Slightly spoiling my opinion, but I don't care. But before we get to that, let's do what we usually do on this show. We, uh, we have a main feature, which will be Star Trek this time around, but we also, on this show, ask a question. Mm. And it's a, it's a question we keep on asking, so it's kind of like the Enterprises, or in, in this case, Star Trek Discovery, so the Discovery's ongoing mission to discover strange new worlds and strange new things i want to know sandro Mm. what have you consumed recently or is it lately uh or is it recently yeah well uh, both really okay but if we are going recently as in the most recent thing i've consumed uh might have to start off with two little movies that i watched two little movies Little movies. So oh, yeah? uh, I'm doing uh, Spooktober 2020, which is when I just watch a bunch of new spooky movies. They don't have to be horror. They can be thrillers. They can be comedies. Uh, it's just as long as, uh, according to Wikipedia or IMDb, the word horror is somewhere in the genre. Horrible histories. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I could include that if I wanted to. Um, I've slowed down the last couple of days, but I started off pretty strong uh, yeah. and I've gotten five out of the way already. Um, two of which uh, I think I mentioned last week are uh, the new Blumhouse. Uh, w- oh. w- welcome to the Blumhouse Amazon collection. Welcome to the Blumhouse. We've got <laughs> freaky movies. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, don't know exactly what this is. It's an anthology of eight movies four mm. of them are out now uh they're on amazon they are blumhouse productions but i think some of them might be stuff that blumhouse has acquired the rights to because one of them uh which i'm going to talk about first which is called the lie uh actually premiered at like some fe- festivals two years ago so i don't believe you i think that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't believe anything about this movie okay that is true Apparently, it's a remake of a 2015 German film called We Monsters. As in W-double-E, as in we, as in small, the Scottish word for small? Uh, no, as in there's multiple monsters and we are the monsters. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so it's a bit like Reese Darby saying we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> it's exactly like that, yes. We're monsters. <laughs> so, oh, actually, maybe I should talk about this one second because I did kind of want to spoil the ending. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll talk about that one second, actually. The first one is called Black Box, which technically is the first one that came out anyway, so yeah, I'll start with that. It's the sequel to Snakes on a Plane. 
black box how, how, on a plane. How, how, oh, every plane has a black box. Every plane has a black. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah. plane crashes and then they're like, yeah. "What happened?" And then they find a bunch of snakes and they're like, "Oh no!" Uh-huh. That didn't work. <laughs> Why would you watch that if Samuel L. Jackson's not in it? <laughs> he could be resurrected. <laughs> You saw the end of Endgame. He came back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he can come Wait, back. Wait, that's not the same universe. <laughs> he's getting his own TV show or something. <laughs> oh, that is happening, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry to tangent completely, but I didn't... I forgot that was happening. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I'm excited for it. Mm. Um, Whatever. So anyway, Black thing. Box. Black Box. Which isn't a sequel to Snakes on a Plane, which isn't in the it's MCU. It's not. No, no, no. Just because it has Samuel L. Jackson in it. Carry on. No, no, no. Uh, so this one is a- an actual Amazon premiere, um, which is the reason why it's probably got the most attention out of all four mm. of these movies. Uh, it is about a guy who lost his memory and is using some sci-fi stuff to get his memory back, but nothing is as it seems, and he has some secrets. Ooh. <laughs> It is an episode of Black Mirror, but if that episode of Black Mirror was uh, spread Old out... Box instead of Mirror. It was called Box. And if it was spread out over 100 minutes instead of just 50, ah, and yeah. if it uh, was absolutely not subtle at all. I saw your uh, your Instagram <laughs> post about it, and you said this would have been good, except it just stretches it, it out. It's so <laughs> long. I Look, I try my hardest when I'm watching something to not be on my phone. Usually I put my phone in a completely different room, so mm. I'm just nowhere near it when I'm watching something mm. uh, that I want to give my attention to. I was bored. Oh, dear. Um, I, was, I was real bored. I was on my phone for a lot of this. Not because nothing happens, but because I predicted exactly what was happening within the first 10 minutes, and I <laughs> yeah. just slowly watched them find out. And I was mm. like, I, yeah. If this was like 50 minutes, great. Really cool concepts, very well directed. Welcome good acting. to the cut down episode of sixty minutes. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. it's just ah, uh, it's a shame because yeah, the, the concepts are good, the concepts are clever, the performances mm. are really good as well. Um, the lead guy is um probably going to get his name wrong, so apologies, but um, Mamodo Athi, I think his name is. He was in um Unicorn Store. Oh, I thought I'd heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was also in um. The Get Down, that Baz Luhrmann TV show that was on Netflix oh. for a while. And he's re- really, really, really good in the role, mm-hmm. as is the majority of the cast. And then it's directed pretty well. There's some pretty spooky uh, memory moments. But I don't know. I just I predicted what was happening from the start, <laughs> which is yeah. not good. It's not a good thing. And also, <laughs> my favorite thing as well is, and I kind of loved this um, because it's so cheesy, but whenever the characters find out something about someone that someone then tells their whole life story. (laughs) All right. It's one of those. They're like, ah, you figured it out. Yes, when I was but a boy. I may as well tell you this too. (laughs) (laughs) There was another horror um, anthology that I was watching called The Books of Blood with Brit Marley. Ooh. um, Which I haven't finished because I fell asleep. I might finish it. I don't know. (laughs) But they did the same thing in that uh, as well. And it was almost like a joke. It's like, ah, you found this thing out. Well, the whole time I was a boy, I liked to do this and this. And that's why now I'm doing this. And it was the same in this. And now, Mr. Bond, you will die. (laughs) Yeah, it's so cheesy. But also kind of funny. So, I don't know. Black Box, eh, it gets a schmear. But, um... Watch it. (laughs) Yeah, it it could have been good. It could have been really good. And I'd, I know a lot of people who really liked it. It's just 
probably because I came up, I knew what was going on from the start mm-hmm. and just predicted it and was writing it as it was going along, which I know, you know, we've talked about quite a bit recently. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about it again. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so that one gets a schmear. Okay. Shmeh. The Lie. Ooh. So remember that TV show uh, that I was talking about with Chris Evans called Defending Jacob? Yes. Oh, yeah. The one that we should watch instead. <laughs> yeah, it's that. <laughs> just, watch the, just watch Defending Jacob. But scarier? <laughs> no. Oh, there's uh, like maybe a couple jump scares. Thrilleria? <laughs> yeah, it's more of a thriller. Okay, so the concept is Peter Skarsgård. I know him. Who's great. <laughs> a big fan of him. He's yeah. he's he's got a kid. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. <clears throat> Who plays the kid? Joey King, best known for the Kissing Booth. That's a great name though. Hey, it's Joey King. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and then there's also Morelli Enos um, as the mother, who's also actually probably the best before. Oh, no, I like Peter Skarsgård because he's trying really hard to make this good. <laughs> so, do you think his back hurt after holding this film up? Oh, definitely. He is yes. <laughs> like the two parents, fantastic. Yeah, Joey King, also not bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, the script is just lazy. It's lazy and uninspired and... Wait, a thriller come horror movie was lazy and uninspired? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I um I finished it. <laughs> I don't know why I saw the whole thing. Why was this the one I didn't fall asleep through? <laughs> I know, right? I don't know why. Look, the one positive thing I can say about this movie is that it gave me time to pat the cat. Oh. So that's nice, isn't it? And cats make everything better. <laughs> the premise is uh, Joey King's character, uh, she supposedly kills her friend out of nowhere. She supposedly just kills her friend. As you do. <laughs> I mean, what? And the, the dad's like, the dad's like, oh my God, why'd you kill your friend? And she's like, oh, I'm sad. And so the two parents have to lie to the police and try and frame someone else for the murder of... Defending Joey. Of her Fred. Yeah. It's just, it's defending Jacob, but with zero nuance. And if there was a bunch of dumb jump scares. Uh, did those jump scares come with a <gasps> moment? Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. yay. Classic. I hate it. Yes. It started off and I was like, this is kind of cool. It's set out in the snow. The cinematography is actually really solid for the entirety of the film. Awesome. And I was like, this is kind of cool. It kind of feels a little bit Fargo-esque, but with that, like, trashy Blumhouse stuff in there. Because I like <laughs> trashy Blumhouse, you know. It's the whole reason I watch these two movies, because, you know, Blumhouse trash is trash, but it's fun trash. So that, you know, it's not it's not t- too bad. Uh, this movie was just awful, though. So, yeah, uh, there was some fun stuff. I'm going to spoil the ending. If you want to watch the movie, go watch it and skip forward, because uh, the ending is genuinely hilarious, but I don't think it's worth... <laughs> Uh, trudging through the first, like, hour and 15 to get to the ending. And on a side note, he knows that I'm okay with him spoiling the ending because I'm never going to watch something like this. You are never going to watch a Blumhouse movie. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. I mean... Get Out is on my list because it's yeah. meant to be good. Yeah, Get Out's excellent. Uh, but that's because it's a Jordan Peele movie, not because it's a Blumhouse movie. <laughs> well, Blumhouse do make good stuff, but the majority that they do, particularly these films that they seem to just be dumping on Amazon, they're not very good. <laughs> well, if if Amazon's going to buy it up, I guess that... Anyway, <laughs> I have to get a, an Amazon bashing in there. <laughs> the ending is they're trying to frame the dad of the friend that uh, that Kayla murdered uh, for the death, because they're like, oh, this dad's a little bit violent. Ooh, twisted. 
this dad's a little <laughs> bit violent. Let's try and frame him. Uh, and then things get out of control, and then the two parents kill him. They kill the dad. Um, and they're like, oh, no, we killed a person. This is awful. What's happening? By the way, the way he dies is hilarious, and the acting's awful that, like, you can't not treat it as a comedic moment. Because <laughs> it's just, like, it's so stupid. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> then, uh, then they're washing the blood off the car, and in comes the murdered kid. In comes the kid that the that the daughter murdered, and she's like, "Ah, oh, we were just playing around. I needed time to go out of town to oh. visit my boyfriend, and we were like, let's come up with with oh, this elaborate no. plan." And the parents are like, "Oh my god, we murdered your dad!" <laughs> oh no, that's bad. <laughs> it's genuinely like it's a terrible twist that could have been a simpsons episode in fact it exactly. was it was flanders screaming in the window exactly it feels <laughs> like a comedic sketch if it, it, it's so dumb and also <laughs> when you there are some good twists okay like the sixth sense great twist because you can re-watch that movie and like everything makes sense based off the twist you also see dead people yeah, the same with... Um, Spoilers. Um, <laughs> there's, like, so many great m- movies with amazing twists that you can rewatch and be like, oh, this all makes sense now, mm-hmm. you know, with that information in your mind. And another re- really good one is The Others with Nicole Kidman. Fantastic twist, uh, made even better on a rewatch. Hmm. The twist for this is like, oh, wait, the daughter was just pretending to be grief-stricken this entire time. And then you think about that performance and you're like, yeah, but did the actress know that she was meant to be joking? Because... <laughs> That performance did not, like, there's nothing in that performance to imply that they were... That was too good to be bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's by far, like, the most, hmm, how did we end this? It's like an SNL sketch. Like, when they don't know how to end a sketch, they're just like, (laughs) uh, random twist. It was a TV show all along or something dumb like that. There was some game show sketch I remember them doing. Random twist. It's just an SNL episode. (laughs) (laughs) There was was this SNL sketch from like five years ago where it was a bunch of people uh, on a game show and they didn't know how to end it. So at the end of the sketch, they had the people kind of having like glitches, like the people were having glitches and then a bunch of workers came in and fixed them and turns out that they were Westworld robots all along or something. (laughs) Because they didn't know how to end a sketch. They were like, oh, Westworld's popular. They're all robots. <laughs> it felt like that. I like that, though. <laughs> it it felt like that, except it wasn't, you know, slightly clever like that sketch was. So anyway, uh, one thumb down. Bad movie, but Peter Skarsgård's good, so. <laughs> well, it's a Skarsgård. It's a given. <laughs> I probably am not going to watch the other two uh, Welcome to the Blumhouse movies. Because no. one, one of them looks kind of cool and trippy. The other one is about... This mum who's convinced that the guy her daughter is dating is a reincarnation of some guy that she knew 30 years ago, which is kind of funny. That sounds kind of funny. But again, the concepts are good for like 50 minute episodes. I don't know yeah. why these are full movies because they don't work as movies. Mm. So just watch anything else, really. If you were thinking about watching Welcome to the Blumhouse, uh, yeah. don't recommend. Don't recommend. Unfortunately, because I really want to like the Blumhouse stuff, but. Well, yeah. look, if they can fund their good Jordan Peele movies with money from Amazon, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, keep giving the guy that made Truth or Dare movies, because they're funny. <laughs> In the same way as this 
twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. And, like, uh, I think they're making the Lee Winnell a Wolfman movie, which is awesome. I'm very keen for that. And stuff like The Hunt, you know. They make good stuff. They do make good stuff. Um, I'm personally quite excited for... Uh, well, not excited, but I'm intrigued by The Craft Legacy, which is a sequel to this film from from the 90s that no one remembers, but I watched oh. it on TV, like, years ago, and I'm kind of interested to see how they do that. <laughs> see, I thought it was just a, a play school special with returning cast members. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be great though anyway uh what else have you been consuming uh just before i talk about something i've consumed um i want to touch upon uh key and peel speak of jordan peel and uh snl because i love one of the sketches they did and they talked about it behind the scenes where uh it's the i said bitch oh yeah (laughs) because they always said they're told when you make your sketch don't get too big, otherwise it'll get ridiculous. Otherwise, you'll yep. have to end up being in space. Yeah. So they deliberately did that and ended up in space. <laughs> so it's safe for these two husbands to say the B word about their wife. <laughs> and it's just wonderfully done. That's a bit of a tangent, but it's one of my favorite sketches. They play it beautifully. Yeah. And just knowing that it's kind of a given rule not to go too big, yet they break it and make it work. Yeah. I love that about them. I love that about King and Peel. Like, it's like satire sketches about writing sketches. Yes. <laughs> the majority of them. It's great. They're geniuses, the two of them. They're amazing. They really are. They really are. But something I've been consuming uh, is Star Wars Battlefront 2. I've gone back to that. Oh, you've gone back to it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to say to myself, do I really hate online gaming or can I enjoy it? <laughs> and because it's Star Wars, I do enjoy it. I had a bit of a big week this week uh, with a fair bit of personal stuff going on, so I took a week off from Twitch. I still wanted to play games, though, so I decided to play that. Mm -hmm. And um, I started off practicing and unlocking some of the bonuses for the weapons in co-op mode, which is you're playing against NPCs with real-life people. There are four of you, and that was a great way to train up my characters. And then I felt a bit more confident, and I've been actually doing really well against actual players, which is kind of fun. Nice. Uh, When I went back to PvP. I guess there's not too much to say, except I've always liked both Star Wars Battlefronts more than most people, just because it does feel like Star Wars, it sounds like Mm. Star Wars, it's good fun. I definitely don't like the, uh, how Battlefront 2 was when it started, with all the... Yeah, all the, like, the boxes and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great boxes, yeah, and the, um, the, what's, what is it, the in-game payment, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was bad. I'm glad they fixed it, and I'm glad people held them accountable enough to fix it. Mm. All power to gamers, and all power to them for listening, at last. Um, yeah. I mean, EA are still doing it with every other game, but oh, I'm are, glad but... that they listened for this one case. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah they're, they're not a fixed company or anything, but they fixed this game, and I'm happy, because yeah. I, I like this one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I might also quickly mention something else that I don't don't have too much to say, because it's uh, a 10-year-old episode of TV now. Ooh. Come uh, December the 25th. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I watched uh, Doctor Who, A Christmas Carol. Oh, I love it. Which is genuinely amazing. I mm. keep forgetting how good it is, but uh, for those of you who don't know, I assume you know that Doctor Who is a time travel show, and I'm sure you know Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Mm. Stephen Moffat, the writer of this episode, and the writer of many great Doctor Who episodes. Sorry, nerds, he's great. Um, <laughs> just going to steal Bam's thing there. He really cleverly combined the time travel of Doctor Who with the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future elements of A Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. It's wonderfully done in that regard, but also his humor 
and dramatic moments are always wonderful. Matt Smith, it reminded me why he's up there as one of my favorite doctors. The music is lovely. I really miss Murray Gold. As much as I like Sagan Akinola, and he has really put his own mark on the show, I think because it was the music of my childhood, I really like Murray Gold. Yeah. And I just know it off by heart. Like, I start humming along to various cues. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, I'm obsessed with film scores. Like, I know them like people know albums and lyrics to songs. So when the Doctor says something exciting and starts running, it usually plays I Am The Doctor, which is the 11th Doctor's theme, and it's amazing, and I'm sitting there going... As soon as you mentioned Murray Gold, I started, like, humming that in my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so iconic. Yeah, exactly. So it was just great to revisit that, and it kind of convenient that I... It's one of my favorite episodes ever, and I've been gradually having a rewatch over the past, actually, yeah, basically a year now. Mm-hmm. I started a year ago. On and off, I was watching episodes, and they're on stand, so it remembers where I left off. Nice. So if I feel like I want to watch Doctor Who, I just get back to where I was at, too. <laughs> and uh, I was up to this, so that was, it was kind of nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Those are two quick things. I've got more to say about the other stuff that we're going to talk about, so uh, what about you? What else right. have you got? Circling back to video games and EA, uh, Need for Speed Payback is free this week on PS Plus, or whatever it's called, PSN, who knows. And I downloaded it, because, you know, I like Need for Speed. I've always been a big fan. Like, Most Wanted uh, as a classic, underground, classic, you know, all that stuff from the PC. I used to have uh, Hot Pursuit, I think it's called, the one on the Wii, which was really good as well. Um, Many consider that to be the last good Need for Speed game. Mm -hmm. Because everything after, uh, yeah, like 20... 10? When did the Wii come out? Oh, no idea. I don't know, that was like 20, 2006 or something. But, but then, anyway, for the last like decade or so, Need for Speed games are not particularly great. Pretty much everything after that movie uh, with Aaron Paul, not very <laughs> good. The games haven't been great. Oh, really? But I was interested to, to check out this new one. Uh, I think it's like three years old now, so 2017. I think they've only really put out one since then, which is like a reboot. It's just called Need for Speed, which think it's gotten a better reception than the majority of the most recent ones but still not particularly positive mm. like it was free and i was like yeah look i like racing games i'll play it for maybe a couple hours or something check it out for the show uh and it's bad <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah um the biggest issue that people have with the new ones are the stories because they for some reason want to put stories into these games and also like make it multiplayer so Ugh. anyone can pop up in other people's games or something don't force multiplayer elements into games yeah like a lot of those decisions that ea have been working into the majority of their games recently yeah people yet yeah, don't like and you can see why in this one the the story mode is so bad so boring i couldn't care less about anyone <laughs> unfortunately it kind of forces you to play the story mode for at least two three hours before you get like the open world and you can kind of do whatever you want so unfortunately you kind of got to wade through the opening of this incredibly boring story with (laughs) unfortunately and i kind of hate to say it really bad voice acting oh dear really painful it could just be the script um it most likely is just the script but yeah it's bad uh in terms of gameplay weirdly i think gta 5 handles better which is kind of weird to say considering every vehicle in gta 5 pretty much handles the same uh, it's the same as this. The cars feel slow and really, um, what's the right word? It's kind of hard 
to explain, but like when you're playing a racing game on like let's say the PlayStation, which is why I played this on, yes. you use the right trigger as uh, your acceleration usually. And yes. one thing I love about this one game that I was playing a little while ago, uh, I think it was called TT. I think I talked about it on the show. I can't remember. Um, which 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 is like a motorcycle game, is that you can control the speed with the trigger so like you hold it down if you want to go fast you can kind of like release it um at times like so that you kind of drift around a corner you like have it on like uh no you're pushing it down maybe a third of the way so that sort of stuff is great and i you know i like that about playing uh racing games on a console compared to you know the pc in which it's almost impossible to you know get that that sort of stuff that is not the case with this game at all there is no acceleration control it's either you're going really fast or you're braking to drift it doesn't feel like you've got any control over the car it does it looks okay i guess (laughs) that's a plus it looks all right but it's got that pretty classic like ea sheen over it which they have in the majority of their sports games as well where the people look good, but the animation's not great when they're walking, and the world looks okay, but it's not, like, groundbreaking. It's, like, okay for the time. Uh, it looks expensive, but not impressive, mm-hmm. which I guess is something that you could say for, like, you know, movies like Artemis Fowl. Wait, that looked terrible. Movies mm-hmm. like... Um, I keep going back to it because it was the last big blockbuster I remember seeing. Uh, Hobbit? Oh, that looked pretty bad, too, I guess. Yeah, but movies like I don't know, like Men in Black International, the last major <laughs> blockbuster that I remember seeing, uh, that wasn't like a Marvel film, obviously. Actually, no, I, I think that was the last big blockbuster. How did you describe it? Like it, it looks expensive, but not impressive. Yeah, which is kind of how I felt about that Men in Black movie. I'd agree with that. I like the movie, but it it does. <laughs> yeah, and it's the same with this. It's not anything special. So yeah. I don't really have too much else to say about it, aside from, like, it's, uh, it's free, so add it to your library, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so mm. many better racing games out there, especially considered... Well, actually, no. Not on the PlayStation, unfortunately. All the good racing games are on the Xbox. Actually, no, they're racing games. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, PlayStation doesn't really have, like, a Forza, which is a Microsoft exclusive. They're great. So, yeah, I guess we've got to put up with Need for Speed. Yay! They used to be so good. What happened? Oh, yeah? We could just not play them. Oh, yeah. Or (laughs) just get a GTA V. It's still somehow the most bought game week in, week out. How do they do it? I don't know. By appealing to the masses. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So weird. Not saying that things I love don't do that. Hello, Marvel. That's a game I downloaded to play for the show. What else have you been consuming recently? Well, I finished off season one of The Boys. Nice. Yeah. And it was good. Mm. I kind of see where you're coming from with the way it ended, because your big contention was that it felt like it just was the end of a normal episode. But also, it was a bit of a revelation for me, I guess. Yeah, okay. I think I'll just put it out there, spoilers, because I will talk about some details. And uh, the main one that I'm referring to there uh, is a pretty big one. So if you're not, if you haven't seen it, uh, look at the episode information and skip forward to the next section. Yeah, jump ahead. Yeah. But basically, uh, Carl Urban's character is, uh, and I have to keep checking myself because a bloody friend of mine said, God, being married to Nicole Kidman has really changed Carl Urban. (laughs) I'm like, wait, I said Carl, right? Yeah. 
Oh, you dick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it is Carl. Yes. Uh, and his character name, I keep forgetting, Butcher, Billy Butcher. Billy Butcher. Yeah, Billy Butcher, who that sounds like a better accent than he does. Uh, yep. <laughs> no offense to him. They just should call him freaking the Kiwi equivalent of Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he he doesn't sound cocky. Anyway, he's great. Right. He's so good. Yep. But his character has been looking for his wife who disappeared. And uh, spoilers, and again, actually, um, content warning as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about sexual assault. No, oh, I thought you were going to drop the C bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? I could do. Uh, I'm going to do it. Screw it. The cunt that is uh, Homelander Ooh. raped his wife. Yep. Um, do you want me to bleep that? Do you want that in there? Uh, we don't have an American audience, really. It's okay. <laughs> We're mainly Australian here. Well, the boys is made in fucking America. Yeah, I know. That's because it's edgy. It's doing it's things and so people edgy. don't do. Yeah, it's saying exactly. what you you want to say, but you're like, oh, I can't. I can't say that. I'll remain subscribed to Amazon while they no. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I just the, the hypocrisy in the first episode still drives me mad. Anyway. Oh yeah, no. It is amazing that Amazon make as good shows as they do, considering the company that they are. <laughs> yeah, and a show that talks about corporate people taking advantage of people who, you know, just using the psychology of advertising to get into their brain, and it's exactly what they do. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they made Man in the High Castle, which is, you know, anti-Nazis, and considering that Jeff Bezos is <laughs> good friends with some certain people. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I will I will put a rant about Amazon in every episode, but I'll refrain from doing it now. That was the <laughs> that was the rant. <laughs> but yeah, I thought a lot of those twists were actually quite surprising. That <laughs> they blatantly said that Homelander raped his wife. Uh, not only did she go missing, she was raped. He wants revenge on him, but in the end, she's alive, and it might not have been rape, as we find out in the last scene. Yeah, that was. <sighs> That was the weird moment that I was mentioning with that last episode. Yeah. I remember going, oh, okay. Now, I haven't read the comic, and I think it's it's quite prevalent like that in the comic as well, um, which I haven't read, actually. I should, because I love the author. You know, obviously, you're a big fan of Preacher. But Oh, it's the same person? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mm. the same author as Preacher. Um, yeah. I think this is Seth Rogen and Evan Goldblum as well. I think they do this show. So, yeah, it's all kind of like their, their whole thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know. I felt weird about that ending. <laughs> it was weirdly not played. The actors were all very good. Yeah. But just it felt like it could have been made to be a bigger moment. Yep. And I know some people say, oh, they really made that dramatic and went over the top. But I think this was too underplayed. Yeah. I Although at the same time, I don't hate that they didn't make it a bigger moment. Because no. you are dealing with potential assault. Which I, I always feel weird about when you do make that a big moment because it's like, do we need to, you know, do that? Oh, yeah, but I just kind of mean the story didn't. I guess because they were using an actual song as opposed to some score, but I was expecting almost a dun 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 moment when, um, <laughs> but not that cheesy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. They could have done that and they didn't because they were playing an actual song. Can't remember what one it was, but it did fit the mood pretty well. Hmm. But yeah, that that was a, a weird moment. I didn't mind that it uh, was the end of the season. It was a big revelation. You kind of go, what? That We thought one thing and now they've revealed the complete opposite? Yeah. Okay. That wasn't too bad. And I guess because I'm able now to jump straight into season two, I don't mind. But you you had to wait. So Yeah, a year and a half. That could have been part of the problem. I actually forgot <laughs> that she was 
potentially, yeah, like, okay with it. I completely forgot about that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you just reminded me of it, yeah. So, yeah. Like, she's not terrified of Homelander or anything like that, and... Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like, yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, she could be, like, a prisoner, which is why he's we've never seen her out in public, and mm. Billy Butcher has been hunting for ages, or searching, not hunting, um, but, you know, been looking for her for ages, to the point where he... He's a broken man, and he's oh, yeah. spending days looking at the last known footage of her, and it, it, that became really tragic. That storyline, actually, mm. but yeah, that was that was okay. The thing that just annoys me about the whole show <laughs> is that sense of being able to write things as you're watching it. Yeah, okay, and only in regard to how evil they make Homelander. <laughs> yeah, just think about what's the worst thing he could do in a scene. He'll do it. Mm. Oh, he loves that milk as well. Oh, f- ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. D- d- there is a bit of that. But honestly, Game of Thrones suffered from it too. Oh, of course. With Joffrey, yeah. with any any character almost. <laughs> um, except for Jon Snow, because he was the pure one. It was. But yeah, just some of it. I just kind of went, okay, he's going to do something demeaning, something horrible, something gross. Okay, and the scenes he was in, they're brilliantly played by Anthony Starr. Mm. And the woman who I can't remember the name who plays her, but Stillwell, their boss. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's incredible, yeah. Can't remember who plays her, but she's wonderful. There were a couple moments that I wanted to uh, ask you your thoughts on. Yeah, go for it. I think my favourite moment in the whole show is uh, the baby with laser eyes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think, like when when I saw that scene I went oh yeah I really like this show it's so dumb <laughs> he's just yes, got this baby yes. with these eyes killing everyone <laughs> you are fucking brilliant <laughs> or something like that that's what that's what Billy Butcher said yeah I forgot about that <laughs> actually the bit where he goes come on come on and then <laughs> shakes it a little bit and then <laughs> it's great isn't oh it that was, great. Yeah. That, was, that was a good scene and then also uh, the deep and his dolphin that whole sequence uh, yeah I got secondhand embarrassment from that one <laughs> it was funny but I don't know I felt bad once it died I thought it was yeah. hilarious the conversation he was having with it he's like yeah okay, well, alright well I'll touch it but not right now <laughs> and you're like what the f- fuck did it just say um he's great at playing those scenes where he's talking to fish and crabs yeah. or whatever oh uh, uh, yeah yeah that actor he does the comedy so well but he also just does the creep so well like he's he's pretty spot on oh and he does the iconic fit superhero so well as well oh yeah yeah that they're marketed as being but they're all crooks and terrible people <laughs> yeah even poor old Maeve well, I say that about Maeve she's just so scarred Mm. She could be Wonder Woman. She's got a decent heart. She's a nice person, but she's been scarred in the world, like it does to a lot of women, has just mistreated her, so she's become very stern. Yeah, yeah. She's still a lover. Like, she could still love her ex. In fact, she's, I think she still does, and it's just not happening, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her performance is excellent. And from what, oh. what I can tell, greatly improved from the comic as well. Oh, really? um, just like the character of Tulip, I don't think... Gareth Enos, who wrote them, is particularly great at the female characters. So it's good that they get like improved in the uh, in the shows. Yeah, it's interesting because um, Stillwell is that her name? Is it Stillwell? It's something well. I think it's Stillwell. She should be called Mother's Milk, which is what um one of the other 
cat, cat characters it's called. Yeah, that's. I don't, uh, I don't know why her name, name is. That's um. What's his name's uh, girlfriend? What is his name? And I've forgotten all the characters' names. It's been a year yeah, and a half. I hate to say the generic thing of saying the black guy, but he's the the black good guy. <laughs> uh. His nickname is Mother's Milk. And oh yes, of course. Billy Butcher calls him MM. Ah, uh, Marvin. That's his name, Marvin. Yeah, so they included that name in the show, but it's not hers. And that makes so much more sense that she'd be called that because of that <laughs> leaky storyline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, the, the, that was like purely in there for the shock factor, but uh, I, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just shows how twisted Homelander is. Mm. Actually, yeah. With her, I think I'm kind of sad to see her go. <laughs> mm. And that was a pretty uh, intense death scene as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just melting her face and her brain with Superman-like laser eyes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. I don't know. There's there's a lot to say about it. There's a lot of good stuff with this show. I've really warmed to it. I do have my problems. I do think... And this is any show that chooses... I had the same problem, actually, and it's slight spoiler, with a character from... Star Trek Discovery, when you're setting up somebody as, ooh, that's the guy we're all scared of, they're going to do something nasty to someone in the room. Oh, yeah. And so Homelander falls victim to that. The guy, who I can't remember his name right now, but when we get on to Star Trek, I'll talk about him. Mm -hmm. He does something nasty to a pretty innocent character, and it just gets annoying, and that's the scenes that I can write as I'm watching, and the boys fell for that a bit Yeah, for me, but it doesn't ruin it either. It's It's a good show overall. Yeah, I'm glad you've come around to it a little bit more. Um, what would you rate it, though? I'm interested. Um, I'd give it a thumbs up. It is that good. Okay. Oh, also, I loved the woman from Glow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love her so much in Glow. She's great, and she's wonderful in this as well. Mm, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, we'll have to move on to season two then. Oh, definitely. Uh, which means I'm going to have to watch it. Well, we're both up to it now, so we can... We are both up to it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's fun. Should we move on to the main topic? Let's do it. Okay. We're back on our on our weekly uh, after show for <laughs> Star Trek Discovery. Actually, on that note, I missed the actual after show hosted by Matt Myra. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever watched it, but I oh, was I glad that it happened. Was that yeah. on Netflix? It was. Only one season worth, but it was good. It was a good, fun show. Yeah. Oh, I like Matt Myra a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's a huge Star Trek fan, so it was beautiful to see him because I've you feel like you get to know people when you listen to podcasts, and I've listened to him on uh, the formerly Nerdist podcast for years, and he's a huge Star Trek fan, so it was just mm. gorgeous to hear him or see him get to meet people that he's loved for a long time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, 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 no, he's great, and um, mm. I hope he gets a new show soon, because uh, oh, yeah. he's obviously very good at it. He's got, like, ten podcasts, though, so go listen to those. <laughs> he <from>. does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the second episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 3, it's called Far From Home. It's not called That Hope Is You Part 2, and I don't know why. No. Um, it is written and directed by the same people as last week. Uh, and this Is that a line in a song, by the way, That Hope Is You? Because it just feels like, and that hope is you. Uh, no, it definitely <laughs> feels like something that Michael Burnham would say. And that hope is you. And by you, I mean Star Trek. We are Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what they're going to say at the end of the season, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You've been waiting for the Federation to come here, but you didn't realise you are, are the Federation. The Federation. <laughs> oh, they won. They're, of course, of course they're going to say that. Yes. <laughs> 
All right, spoilers, by the way, because this show has had some major changes going on. We touched upon them last week, but if you haven't seen it, please do mm. watch all of Star Trek Discovery. But this could almost be a good jumping on point, in a way. Um, in a bizarre way. Uh, I mean, you probably wouldn't care about any of the characters, but yeah? That's true. They don't introduce the characters. All right, I take that back. They don't really introduce... Although, I, I guess... That's, that's the other thing, is there aren't too many hanging threads at all. So I think that no. this could be a good jumping on point. The same way that, like, the 11th hour is a good jumping on point. There's some stuff that for you Doctor won't Who, know yeah. about. Um, yeah, yeah, for Doctor Who. Like, there is some stuff that you won't know about that, like, you will need to do a little bit of research on. But for the most part, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great jumping on point. Yeah, if you know general Star Trek, it kind of explains what's going on. I don't know. It's just, I, I think this season is so clever because... I addressed it last time. I had issues with the show in general. Nothing that ruins it. I think it's a really well-made show. Definitely, yeah. The actors are phenomenal. It's good. But if you compare it to the rest of Star Trek and basically the timeline of Star Trek, it doesn't really fit in. Because mm. it's so... The technology they're using is so advanced to what they showed in other shows and other films. Yeah. We've never heard of these people before and the events that were going on within Star Trek lore, whereas we hear about... What's his name? Captain Archer from Enterprise. You hear him mm -hmm. referenced in other things. You hear you hear all the other captains referencing each other. You never heard anything about Burnham. Exactly. Yeah. Or any of the other. You, you don't hear about these people, and they do very noteworthy things. So yeah. the very clever thing about this series, this season of this show, spoilers, <laughs> is that they jump into the future. Yeah. So. Yeah, the year 3188. A very far future. Yeah. And they could get away with being more advanced than the rest of the shows. Yeah. They're now not as advanced with the rest of the galaxy or the universe, no. yeah, yeah. which I kind of like. They can get away with... Um... Oh, yeah. Another thing was there are strict rules that Star Trek tends to follow, and they establish those rules so the audience know what it is, too. And some of the behavior in the Federation in Star Trek Discovery hasn't been like the other shows. So people are kind of taking that to task. It's like, well, they've set up these rules previously, and you're not following them. You're not being very loyal to the idea of Star Trek. So now there's no Federation, so technically they can make the rules. Mm. And, and and we were talking about it just then. There are these people that are calling themselves true believers, and I can't help but think of Stanley. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. True believers. <laughs> I was thinking I was thinking the same thing while watching Raised by Wolves as well. They say true believers a lot in that show, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> Everyone's just paying tribute to the wonderful Stan the Man. Mm. But yeah, they, they, there are these people who have been waiting for the Federation to come back because apparently in the time between when the Discover Discovery left their previous time in the timeline to now, the there's been some big disasters, ecological and war disasters, it sounds like, because mm -hmm. the, what is it, the Gorm have taken over n numerous yeah, planets, it seems. taken over the planet. <laughs> It's just great. I, it is. I, I, I hope we see the Gorm in oh, God, 2020, yeah. but they still look as terrible as they did in Arena. Yes. <laughs> they should have found footage of them taking over a place. Oh, I love that. They look like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> and they're, they're just tackling people. They're yes. not all like... That's how they take over a planet is by like tackling someone off a cliff and then rolling around on the ground. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> and then there's this thing called the Burn, which... Uh, destroyed all natural or or um, unmined presence of dilithium, which is a very yeah. important part of Star Trek. It's how they run their ships. It's it's also part of their commerce. So it's like gold, basically. So yeah, it's it's a lot has changed within the Star Trek world. 
Definitely. And this season starts to build upon that. But people are waiting for the Federation to come back. Yes. Basically, the Federation either dissolved or was wiped out or voted out or whatever happened. And people yeah. became much more militant than the uh, the cheery idea of um, the Federation. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and this episode, unlike last episode, focuses on the characters we didn't see in the season premiere, which is yeah. everyone on board the USS Discovery. Uh, they're all doing various things. You've got Saru and Tilly um, exploring oh, yeah. this rather icy planet that they seem to have landed on. Then yeah. you've also got Paul Stamets uh, crawling around in vents <laughs> and complaining that he is in pain. <laughs> and Tignataro saying, oh, but you've got this. You're all awesome. yeah. I love her so much. I was surprised that he was still here. For some reason, I thought that they killed him off and that he was done. Because I remember at some point he had left the show, maybe. Oh, really? And then I think, or maybe he was considering leaving, or maybe his contract was up because it was only a two-year contract. I remember yeah. something from last year where everyone was saying goodbye to Anthony Rapp, but then, like, oh, it, okay. like he's back. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Yeah, I remember... Ugh. Don't really want to get into this. He Oh, that's right. It was all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he's know. the victim of Kevin Spacey, the, yeah, the original right. victim. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there was a period of time where that came to light, and obviously he probably needed some time to recover from announcing that. You know, it's yeah, a very yeah, big definitely. personal thing. So No, definitely. That could have been it. Yeah, that was probably it, actually, yeah. Although yeah. that would have... Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, damn. All right, that's right. Yeah. But he's back, and I'm glad he's back, because, you know, he's a fantastic performer. Oh, he's wonderful. The storyline with between him and uh, his husband... Are they married? His husband? I'm pretty sure they're married. Um, yeah, I think they're married. Yeah, Hugh. Um, yeah. He's, he's great. Mm. I love Wilson Cruz. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah, he really is. And the characters, they're so opposite. Like, Hugh Cruz is so... No, not Hugh Cruz. That's... <laughs> oh, my God. Um, nice. <laughs> Culver. They both begin with... Anyway, Hugh Culver is is a doctor. He's so caring of others. Whereas, honestly, what's Anthony Rapps? Stamets' character, he's so egotistical and arrogant, yet opposites attract, and they bring out the best qualities in each other, I think. And it's just a beautiful love story. And anyone, anyone who complains about them being gay mm. can get over themselves. That could come across as very harsh opinion, like a, a harsh, strong stance to make, but I'm going to make it. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's been really interesting because they had a falling out over different values over things last season, and I thought that was really good. They're writing proper characters, not just token homosexual, because that's the thing a lot of people complain about with a lot of shows. If they see... Uh, I hate the language I'm going to use, but it's the generic kind of bigot language that bigots use. Yeah, for sure. But if they see pandering to social justice warriors, which Star Trek has done from the beginning, by the way. So if you don't like that, get out. It's kind of the point of yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> but but yeah. if they see pandering to social justice warriors with LGBT characters, with different races yeah. and all of that, they just kind of go, oh, that's annoying. Because they expect a very generic one. They just expect, I guess, a campy homosexual person, which is not a problem. There are campy homosexual people out there and we love them for it. But... That's a stereotype that's been built. So I love that the stereotypes get changed, and I love that their relationship hasn't always been healthy either. Yeah, uh, sure. They've, they've fallen out. They've yes. Not, yeah. they, they almost said they don't love each other anymore. Yeah. But then they realize they do, and it's been great. 
Yeah, yeah, their arc and um and their relationship has always yeah yeah just been some of my favorite stuff. Particularly in last season, there was some great stuff last season. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, with those two, and yeah, I'm glad that the character of Hugh is still around because I remember in season one there was quite a shocking moment that I was like, "You're you're, you're oh going to do gosh. that? Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my favorite <laughs> character. What are you doing?" <laughs> so yeah, no, exactly. He's he's yeah. great. He's this ship's doctor, and he's great at it. He he really is. The whole the whole Stamets arc in this was really good. I liked it. Um, mm. With with Tig being like, "Hey, kind of admit that uh, you're not doing well right now." I, I thought <laughs> that was good. There was a lot of ADR for her, though. I don't know if you noticed, but there was so much ADR. Yeah. It could just be because I'm wearing headphones, but like no, every second line, I was just like, "Ooh, you didn't record that dialogue on set." <laughs> Yeah, or it's like a slightly different pitch to the last sentence, or something like that. It, it didn't quite, uh, yeah, work for me. But the story was excellent. The thing is, half the time because she's so good at what she does, which is being the best, one of the best comics out there. I feel like some of her stuff is somewhat improvised. If it's a comedic line, obviously the technobabble about we need to repair this part of the ship with this certain crystal, she couldn't make that up. She hardly even knows what she's saying. <laughs> yes. She admits at, at panels and things like that. Yeah. But some of the ways she describes characters could just be her on set, and they go, that's perfect, Tig. We're going to keep it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tig is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm so glad, uh, yeah, that, that she's in, in more stuff. Uh, replacing Crystalia in that thing as well is <laughs> yes. so funny. I love that so much. Thank you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. <laughs> oh man I mean yeah actually slight tangent I just want to talk about how amazing she is she had a rough time in her life where she got diagnosed with breast cancer lost her mum and during it all unfortunately a relationship didn't last yeah and that was like two or three years long that period of suffering and I was a fan before then I heard about that she kind of spent time to herself and then other comedians who I'm a really big fan of were by her side and got her through it and then she's back doing comedic shows, being cast in freaking Star Trek. Yep. It's great. I I love her so much. Yeah. She's an amazing individual and really good at what she does, let alone because like lots of people experience terrible stuff. Like my uncle is amazing in a similar way. He's lived with leukemia on and off for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's struggled, etc. A lot of people do. And he's also really good at what he does, which is he knows cars. He's like the family mechanic in a way. Tig <laughs> Notaro. <laughs> nice. um, Lived through a lot, lost people, has struggled through pain, but made it through it. And she's also very funny as a comic, and she's developing a really fantastic character for Star Trek that should go into, go down in the Star Trek history books. So I don't want to put celebrities on a higher pedestal than other people. Lots of people share similar stories. It's just that we see her a lot, and that's why I'm talking about her. But yeah. there are everyday people who also experience the same stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. That was a tangent, but I just wanted to... No, yeah. Yes. Tignataro, we stands. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I loved Saru and Tilly's journey from a oh, visual angle. Uh, yeah. I think this is probably the best looking episode of Star Trek Discovery full stop. Just yeah. the way the planet was 
filmed. There were so many, like, long shots as well. Like, a character walks into a bar, the camera kind of circles them, goes back yeah. to the entrance, someone else shows up. You kind of zoom up and see them. It looks amazing. This entire episode looks amazing. Oh, yeah, and the choreography was much better this time around yeah. than last time around because we commented about how they didn't work with the stunt coordinators to capture it properly mm. and it looked very jumpy and jerky whereas there's a bar fight scene in this and it looked really slick <laughs> yes and it was still handheld as well which i noticed it was still yeah. very much handheld and close-ups but something about it was better better and that could just be because michelle yo is used to doing this style maybe of yeah combat where it's like quite close and quite brutal so that yeah. could be it but uh i'm not sure also again probably just because i forgot a lot of season two michelle yo's in this season that's awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, i love her she's good yeah she's fantastic yeah so uh yeah i thought that whole story line mm. was really good and it's the evil twin michelle yes <laughs> yes yeah exactly and she's planning something she's definitely oh, planning yeah. something uh with that with that a lizard a dude who was in the first episode of last <laughs> yeah. season. It's very funny. It was sick last time around. It's like, oh, you don't sound too good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that was such a funny episode. Uh, but jumping to the end of the episode, though. Oh, okay. If there's nothing else you wanted to mention. No, not really. I liked it. It was really good. Saru is one of my favorite characters ever. Oh, yeah. Doug Jones amazing actor that people don't appreciate because he's always behind prosthetics <laughs> but he's in literally everything you watch with prosthetics <laughs> oh yeah he is the best <laughs> yeah he's amazing and the way they incorporated him into the fight was really cool too actually yeah with those uh like uh nail things that he can shoot at people yeah those are the things that used to kind of shiver whenever he got scared he was a, such a timid character now he's used them as a weapon yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, jump forward to the end of the episode. I just wanted to highlight him. Yeah. So I remember last week we were talking about how it might take a while for oh. Discovery and Burnham to yes. meet up. Turns out, no, it's just the end of the uh, the, the second episode. <laughs> I was going to say this straight away. They, I think they're getting much smarter with their writing. Not to say it hasn't been smart, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised based on last season if they tried to drag that out. But yeah. they're not doing it now, which I really like. That would have been a CW thing to track it out. Oh, that would have definitely been a CW yeah. thing. I was kind of expecting them to do a Walking Dead, uh, which is where the entire first half of the season is just two characters trying to meet up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not that, like, I really enjoy... I think that was season four of The Walking Dead. I actually really liked uh, that half of the season where after the governor has done his stuff. All of the groups are kind of split up into like these different factions. And then for pretty much the entire half season, you cut between the groups. Like one episode is a Rick's group. One of them is like Maggie's group, etc. And they all kind of like circle each other before eventually meeting up for the finale. I actually really liked that. But the problem is this show's in space. <laughs> yeah. So they, Circling each other takes light years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm glad that they're not doing that, even though I wouldn't have... Yeah, it would have felt quite slow, I think, if they did do that. So I'm glad that they are, like, meeting up now. We know that it has been a, a year, year yeah. since they last saw each other, so that's cool. And they, there was advanced technology there, because something bigger than the Discovery pulled them up with a tractor beam. So yeah. there might be a few rogue ships 
formerly rogue ships now uniting under the banner of the Federation. That's what I'm thinking as well, because there seems to be some sort of like renewed hope in Starfleet as well, based off that guy uh, on the planet. Yeah, which is the guy I was talking about earlier, where Mm. there's this local kind of gunslinger who's been terrorizing people, uh, does nasty stuff. There's a really nice guy who had hope for the Federation turning up because he'd heard rumors, which would have been Michael that he heard about. And then the nasty guy kills the nice guy. Um, That was very predictable uh, for me, anyway. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah. Uh, By the way, what did you think of the performance from the nasty guy? Because I was very torn, but I think I liked it. (laughs) His face looked too nice. (laughs) The performance was great. Professional. (laughs) Hey. He looked a little bit like Leon the Professional. That's what I first thought. I went, "Hey, is that Uh. that guy from (laughs) from that movie?" And is it? (laughs) No, it's not. Okay. (laughs) Um. Yeah, no, I the performance was great. I liked his voice a lot, and he had a few monologues, oh, yeah. so that was really good. Um, yeah, he looked too... He wasn't, you know, particularly evil, really. No. Physically. No. If they put a scar or something on his face with makeup, that might have helped. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I did get a little bit of Ricardo Maltaban as Khan. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, yeah. Uh, while watching him, and what a great twist that would have been if it, <laughs> it was a version of Khan. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know how that would even work, but yeah, sure. An offspring or something. I don't know. Uh, oh, right. Khan Jr. Yun Sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually did make it out alive, though, didn't he? They let him go. Uh, with a warning. Yeah? Yeah, I think he teleports off. I think they did. Because everyone's got personal transports now. I watched it like an hour ago, and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Um, all in all, great episode. Again, this season... Um, strong start. Really, really strong start. I guess we're probably going to start seeing some more of uh, what the season's actually about next episode as well, probably. Yeah. Unless they spend a whole episode showing what happened in that year gap, which I wouldn't hate, but I don't know. Well, I think that they might set up... That's how they set up what's going to happen this season. Yeah. We're probably at war. Oh, yeah. You know, anyone who's Federation is going to have... <sighs> I'm trying to avoid labels like left wing and right wing, but, um, you know, you're going to have people who are Federation. You're going to have people who are opposed to Federation. Yes, definitely. Because the galaxy's gotten used to working on its own. You'll have power vacuums and things like that. And they'll just view the Federation, even though it's an idealistic socialist idea, Mm -hmm. you'll have people like Amazon. I mean, um, no, it's that sort of comparative comparison that you can make. You'll have, Socialist ideas with corporations or independent groups wanting their own power when really we should all just try and get on, which has been the message of Star Trek from the beginning. Definitely. Yeah. And of the Federation from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So they'll probably explain, all right, well, I've united a few people. There are people against us. We've got a few ships and we're at war. Is <laughs> probably what you'll say. Yeah, pretty much. That's probably it. I hope that, yeah, we see a lot more uh, cool planets as well, because they seem to be doing incredible on the planets this season. They look amazing. No, I'm excited. And next week, also directed by Jonathan Franks, also known as Riker, which is awesome. He always does well uh, at directing things. And if we just forget Thunderbirds, he's fantastic. (laughs) Yep. 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 Not a blemish on his career. Um, No. If we forget about that. Did he write that? I don't think he wrote that. I so don't he, think he doesn't he wrote. get all the blame. <laughs> no. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, let's not go there. Maybe 30%. Maybe 30% of the blame. <laughs> or uh, uh, 50. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
Yes, yeah, so um, that's what we've watched. Yep. Let's talk about the other segment we have. Mm-hmm. Hey, these are the things that we have watched, but what do we want to watch? Yes. That's it, right? That's it. Yeah. You've got to say hey at the beginning, right? Hey. Yeah, it's always hey at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, it's a given because we're going to talk about it weekly. Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, also, Rob will be joining us at some point to talk about Star Trek as well. So that'll be cool. Yeah. And that's Rob from the main show. Yes. And we've had a bit of a discussion. We'll also be watching The Mandalorian weekly, but the discussion for that will happen on that show, and you'll hear my opinions probably through feedback to them. Probably. I, I don't know how how it's going to work. I mean, I'll just write it. I won't do audio feedback. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe if I can't be bothered writing it, I'll just talk about it here. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably could. The idea is that we have a main feature of Star Trek in this show, not because we're, you know... Trekkies versus Star Wars fans or anything like that. We like both. No, it's just because they're airing at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Um, and each we've got two shows as well, so why not each show have a main feature? Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, we are, we will be doing, yeah, like Mandalorian chats on that show and mm. uh, Discovery chats on this show. I don't know how it's going to work because then I think Rob's also going to want to probably join Discovery chats quite a bit. So we'll figure it all out. We'll figure it all out. We will. I don't want to edit four channels. Uh, so Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll figure it out. Can we do it once, please? <laughs> <laughs> when we're back in the studio, yes. Because <laughs> then we only have to do two channels. <laughs> I could come down to Melbourne if you wanted me to. Oh, yeah. That would be, actually, on that note, I've kind of liked how everyone's gotten used to Zoom, but can we just please acknowledge how awkward it is to talk on Zoom and Skype with multiple people? And I'd hate to be the one digital voice <laughs> in a room full of people who are actually there. Yeah, for sure. But yes, I yes, can't. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll come down to Melbourne when life is safer to come down to Melbourne. Exactly. And we're getting very close. By the way, it's been politicized, COVID, but Melbourne, you guys have been troopers. You've done an amazing job. We're so close. Mm. You'll get there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Trying to promote his new movie, Sasha Baron Cohen did something about Melbourne. <laughs> Did he? <laughs> he put because like there's like a a statue of him or something. Yeah. Um, that was in Melbourne, and and he put out a video being like, "Yes, the statue uh, has a lot of COVID, and apparently some of your police officers tried to make love to him." <laughs> oh, uh, okay. That was great. It's all about the yeah. towers. Good fun. Good on you. <laughs> Satire. <laughs> satire so that's okay um oh, dear. <laughs> yeah go watch um borat to the subsequent movie film uh just because it's borat disaster baron cohen is an actor of our generation he is amazing yeah, it's phenomenal yeah i want to watch it i'm i haven't seen it yet um but yeah. i'm going to try to during the week very excited for it but just remember rudy giuliani was just tucking in his shirt Ugh. <laughs> disgusting disgusting individual yes um <laughs> i love trump's response to it as well i, I think he called it racist <laughs> he called it racist he calls everything he called the hunt racist as well and i'm like do you think political leanings are a race <laughs> is that do you think you the republicans are a race and the superior race anyway let's <laughs> what, are, what, 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 what are you doing over there so yeah uh, i want to watch borat what else am i going to watch um yeah more discovery yeah uh, probably just, yeah, just more horror films. Oh, The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, Mandalorian, obviously. That's on both of our lists. Yeah, on the 30th. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I wanted to watch uh, Clone Wars Season 7 <gasps> before Mandalorian. Are they out on the same day? Nah, it's been out for a while. No, I mean, um, Star Trek and Mandalorian. Oh, for us, they would be. For us, I think it's the same day, yeah. Yeah, for us, they're the same day. 
How's that? Awesome. That's really cool. Watching both on Friday. That's really good. That's a good back-to-back. Oh, Friday nights are going to be awesome for 12 nights. <laughs> 12 weeks, I mean. Yeah. Oh, damn. I've got a Halloween party on the, third, on the 30th. I'll figure it out. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch it during the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The two two stars we want to watch. Trek and Wars. Yeah. Trek and Wars. Oh, can we please call the next episode that, please? Trek and Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode 29? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, Trek and Wars. Yeah, Trek and Wars. <laughs> also, I want to do... I know, guys, just watch more horrors. I was going to try and get more classics done, but there's actually quite a few new releases that look real solid, so I'm going to try and work my way through those. Oh, sweet. And that's kind of rare this year, having new releases, so... um. Yeah. Jump on that train. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Particularly um, good ones. Is The Witches out? I think that's out. That's been getting mixed reception, though, so I don't know. I've heard about it, so it must be out. Yeah, it's been making the rounds. With Anne Hathaway and everything. I think, I, who directed that? Don't know. Because it was a p- pretty impressive return director. Yeah. Uh, let me just double check here real quick. Yeah, it was Robert Zemeckis. That's it. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Is it? I haven't seen one of his new films in a while. It's not a comedy, is it? Uh, it's a Roland Dahl. Yeah, it's an, it's an adaptation of his book, The Witches. Oh, okay. I think Camille Del Toro is involved in some point as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't really liked a Zemeckis film probably since Contact, which he technically didn't make. So <laughs> technically the last good one was Forrest Gump, in my opinion. Oh, oh the walk with... um The walk with... Oh, what's his name? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was yeah. pretty good. Except they kept advertising it as like a 3D thing. I hate that I keep forgetting his name. He's one of my favourite actors of all time. He's so good. Yeah, exactly. But it's just because it's the triple barrel. Mm. I'm like, uh, Gordon Levitt, Joe, uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, yeah, yeah, that movie was really solid. Actually, I I remember quite liking that one. So, yeah, mm. I'll, I'll check that out. He's yeah. doing a Pinocchio movie next as well. Another one. Oh, is he? <laughs> so many Pinocchio movies. Nice. Uh, yeah. What else do you want to consume? Ooh, well, uh. Something you talked about on the main show uh, last episode, mm. Raised by Wolves. I've got mixed feelings about it because I'll just tell you, uh, tell the audience what I told you before we started. Ridley Scott directs beautiful looking movies. Indeed. Thought provoking movies. Yes. But I cannot get emotionally attached to them in any way possible. So <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to go with the TV show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Although he doesn't direct every episode, does he? No, only the first two. Okay. Um, it's very much yeah the other guy's uh, project who wrote uh, Prisoners. Um, oh the yeah, Dennis Villeneuve maybe. Nice. Yeah, and I don't want to say Ridley Scott's a bad director. He isn't. He is groundbreaking. He's contributed to classics in cinema. I just don't connect with them. <laughs> yeah, they look amazing. They're really interesting, and they they've the ones I've seen have stuck with me. There's just something he does that doesn't gel with me on an emotional level. So I watch them for the analysis not for the yeah the emotional journey yeah i feel like that's one of the reasons why i like the alien prequels because of that analysis stuff yeah as well well every other alien movie missed the point <laughs> uh yep <laughs> i mean they they're good they are good they changed the genre well uh, 3 and 4 are pretty garbage <laughs> okay yeah but you know what i mean they changed the genre they're yeah, good for yeah. what they are but he's always said why do they go in that direction? My whole idea was this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, which is why 
I like, yeah, the two prequels, because he did kind of angle them more towards what the point is. But then you've also got the weird, why is Michael Fassbender making the Xenomorphs? That's <laughs> dumb. I don't like that. <laughs> why? I didn't even know that happened. I haven't watched them. <laughs> yeah, they're not great. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I am a Ridley Scott fan, but I'm also not. I don't, I don't even want to say that, because I am. He's so good. But yeah. Yeah, it's just a really weird thing. I do watch things for the emotional investment, which is why it took me a while with the boys, just because I just... Yeah, it wasn't there for a while. Yeah, definitely. Thought it was garish, and I, it wasn't there for a while. I didn't care. Second time I watched it, I recognized how good um, Jack Quaid is, mm. and I connected with Huey. So, yeah, I, I think I watch things for the emotional journey, and then if there's a great script and good satire or commentary, then that's a bonus for me. Yeah. Yeah, not to spoil our Raised by Wolves review, but that was... <laughs> very much yeah like rob's angle as well was he liked a lot of the stuff in it but just didn't care about anyone yeah which uh weirdly jen and i didn't have a problem with considering that we usually have that criticism for stuff as well so yeah, yeah. you do actually yeah that, that's interesting i don't wonder why it's ridley scott specifically for rob and i because it is literally it's ridley scott for me <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but he's so clever he's so good but yeah just, yeah anyway I'm excited to see what you think of that show, though, because it's yeah. compared to Trekken Wars, very different sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> that is our new saying. This is now yeah. the Trekken Wars uh, channel. That's yes. all we talk about. <laughs> Star Trek and Star Wars. Or if we do mention both shows on our episode, we could just call it the Trekken Wars segment. <laughs> <laughs> Trekken Wars segment. <laughs> I actually don't. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this has been a fun episode, though. Thank yeah. you for listening. Uh, if, you've, if you've got feedback, if you're also watching Star Trek Discovery, oh, yeah. shoot us an email, feedback.nerdout.gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or if you're on Twitter and you want to leave thoughts, um, just chuck on the hashtag nerdoutconsumed. Yeah. And at myself and Reese, it might get me to um, uh, tweet more. I don't tweet. No. <laughs> at all. So... And I tweet way too much at the moment because <laughs> I'm stuck inside and there's not much to do. Yeah, exactly. Help us, please. And help. <laughs> help us. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be fun to have a little, you know, quick burst of, I watched this recently. Check it out. You can put that on, uh, on in, not Instagram, on Twitter. But speaking of Instagram, I was thinking about that. Yes. You can also message us on Instagram with things that you've, you've consumed or that you want us to consume because exactly. I love it when somebody's passionate about something and wants to have a conversation about it and invites other people to have a conversation about it. Mm, yes. We're happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. So please do. Yeah, uh, the Nerd Out Instagram account is more for main show than consumed, but uh, you can definitely message there or just message our personal accounts. I think, yeah, very soon we're going to get our own channel. We're going to get our own uh, accounts <laughs> and everything. It'll very much become its own show soon. Yeah. I know we, we've been saying soon for a while. Literally 28 episodes. <laughs> Literally since the start of the show. But yeah, yeah yep. that is going to happen very soon because finally all of the changes that I were waiting to happen have happened that I've been, yeah, been waiting for a while. Sweet. So, finally, finally, that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah funnily enough we started this show at the beginning of the second lockdown in victoria and we're very close for, to it finishing so that's when we're going to come out of uh exactly our shell as a show <laughs> exactly <laughs> but anyway thank you for listening to this episode as always yes and uh we will speak to you next time goodbye see ya